everything happens in the time that it should. And kind of what we said before, you're never too late to do something or want something. And I love that too, where it's like, think big. Hi, and welcome to the All Too Well podcast. I'm your host, Erica Huss. I'm a wellness entrepreneur, wellness expert, your wellness whisperer, and I'm here to make your journey towards better health just a little more comfortable and a little less cringy. And today we got another friendy sode. Uh, I chatted with my friend Leanne Shear, who I've known for the better part of the last, I don't even know, 15 years at this point. We know each other from New York. She's actually a proud native of Buffalo, New York, and now she lives in LA, but we know each other from New York. Uh, she is a consultant, a business coach, a writer, a speaker. She is an expert in female empowerment, and she primarily right now is doing a lot of work in one-on-one and small group business and executive coaching. So you can find out how to connect with her if you are interested in the show notes. And she's just, I don't know, she's one of those people who is just truly a delight. You can just see in her face, her whole face lights up, her eyes light up when she's talking to you about what you're doing, what you're interested in, what your journey is, and eager to share her own experiences. And just somebody that I think, you know, she has really great energy and we always have a a nice time when we are able to connect and, and, you know, just kind of get into stuff. And so we talked a bit about just what the work she's been doing, the work I've been doing, these kind of life transitions, career transitions, I think, which are familiar to many of us out there and how to navigate a lot of that. We talked about the concept of pivoting and actually even just the word pivot and why it has like a negative connotation that, you know, needs to be rebranded maybe. And then we talked a bit about the episode that I had recently aired with Gabrielle Stone. It was my interview with Gabrielle, who is the author of Eat, Pray, FML, Fuck My Life, who uh, is certainly a master of the pivot and of resilience. And we talked about all those things. And it was just a nice chat, another good, friendly, friendy, sewed, fly on the wall opportunity for you to kind of check in and hear what's going on in, in our world. And uh, yeah, enjoy my chat with Leanne Shear. Well, here we are, a couple of classy broads. Classy broads. Classy here. broads. Leanne Shear, I'm so happy to see you. I'm happy to just be reconnected with you. I feel like we've overlapped for uh, the better part of the last, I guess it's almost 20 years, which is terrifying. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Because, you know, it's weird when you're only like 25 and you remember someone from 20 years ago. So so weird. We're definitely not going through perimenopause right now. We are in our 20s. Definitely not. (laughs) Um, So hi. So I know that you, I wanted to talk to you today because I feel like there are some guests that I've had on recently that have some themes that I think are very relevant and probably kind of strike a nerve for for you and also for me. Not a nerve, but like a good a good nerve. A good nerve, yeah. Um, like a funny bone. And <laughs> then uh, I just want to hear too about like what you've been up to because I know you've had some. We're like in the age of the pivot, right? Oh my god, that's so <laughs> interesting. You say that. Yes. First of all, speaking of pivots, I was thinking back to our friendship history. You and I both were. I wasn't a cocktail waitress. I think you were a cocktail waitress way back in the day. And a bartender. Oh, you were a bartender too. Okay. I was a bartender in New York in the Hamptons. That was like my original. And you were that. And then we became wellness, health entrepreneurs Mm -hmm. of some sort. And now we're both pivoting. You know, it's funny that like, 
I always want to say to people, everyone's like, wow, you've had a lot of different iterations of your career. And I really have. I feel like I've had, I listened to another podcast, Rob Bellany talks about 13 Robs ago. I was like, that really resonates Mm. because there have been many versions of Leanne Mm -hmm. and not all of them were great versions, honestly, but you can pivot at any age. I'm 45 and I'm pivoting again. Like yeah. I, I think it's so I great. don't even think it's a pivot at this point. I think it's a chapter. Like I don't mm-hmm. even, because I feel like pivot even, I mean, I know that I'm the one that said it and put it out there, but the connotation there is like you're changing because you have to, like you've backed into a corner like that very famous episode of Friends with the actual pivot on the couch. But <laughs> this is more like, it's not so much being backed into a corner. It's like, no, it's just time to turn the page and now it's time for the next season. So, oh, and that that podcast I just mentioned, Rob Bell, he has a great episode called Seasons, which is Ooh. interesting synergy. I'll I'll send that to you at some point. Okay. But uh, yeah, you're exactly right. Like it's an evolution and mm-hmm. a next step. And I think there is something interesting. We were just talking about our moms and how they don't like us swearing because we're classy broads. <laughs> um, I feel like in our mom's generation and before that, it was like people had the same job. They had my mom is now living in the house that she grew up in next door to the house that we grew up in. So she's living in the same, uh, essentially in the same house she's lived in her entire life, which is very cool and great. And it's fun to go home to. But, you know, she says to me now all the time, she's like, I'm just so amazed at your courage to just be doing new things all the time and trying new things out. And it doesn't feel like courage to me. It just feels like who I am, but you're right. It's pivot feels like you have to, but evolution or next step or next chapter or season feels like this is my journey. It's just what's coming. Yeah. I have the same conversation with my mom. She talks about the courage and, you know, it's so impressive. And like you said, it, it never feels like I'm taking a risk. It just feels like this is the next thing. And I guess maybe that's a testament to the moms who have given us enough of the sense of of confidence and self-worth to say, like, I can do something different. I can move on to the next thing. Uh, I don't have to stay stuck in something that is making me feel stuck. Oh, my God. That's so true. My mom says to this day, even though she was in her comfort zone, stayed in the same area, all that stuff, she always encouraged me from a very young age to just go out into the world. In fact, we grew up in South Buffalo, New York, kind of a very close-knit Irish Catholic community. Most people stayed in the neighborhood for high school and quite frankly, with all the love, maybe didn't even leave the neighborhood, still haven't left the neighborhood. She forced my sister and me to, and we were excited about this, but like she made us, we were, it was not an option to go to high school in our neighborhood. We had to be shipped across the city, take two buses to get to school, to go to a very, very progressive high school so that we had a different exposure and different experience. And that was Again, that wasn't we. That was not up for argument. We were doing that, and both of us loved it. But yeah. it's just interesting. All the way back to when we were, what was that, thirteen, fourteen? She made us do that. So I love that. That's amazing. I like that choice. Yeah. Um, okay. So tell me about your your latest thing. Is you are coaching? Mm-hmm. And what um, has that been for you? So you can probably relate to this in wellness. You know, with any sort of wellness background, no matter what you do, there's always you're always coaching. Like I just, I feel like I'm a born coach. Um, I did it at Uplift, my old company as like a physical trainer, a personal trainer, that kind of thing. Now I'm doing a lot of, I was actually thinking about calling myself a transformation coach for women, but Mm -hmm. really I focus a lot on careers. I work with a lot of entrepreneurs because I've been there and done that. And 
so much of my coaching, it is not like, um, I don't have like a formula or a strict structure. I really kind of adapt my sessions to the people I work with, but it is like to our original point a few minutes ago. It's so interesting how many women in their forties, fifties, thirties, like in this, let's call it middle age, even though I hate that moniker are changing things up mm-hmm. and just moving into different areas. And again, like we were just saying, I love that. And I can really relate to that. And I might be two steps ahead of my clients, but I was just there. So yeah. I can kind of coach yeah. them through that. And I'm consulting for startups too. I tend to work with women founded companies just because that's my talk about comfort zone. That's my yeah. comfort zone. <laughs> And what are you finding? Um, so you're primarily working with women or or are your coaching clients across the board? Uh, it's It had been women. And then I got introduced to a couple men of color or LGBTQ men. And that fits in with, I think, my thesis and my approach to life. Listen, um, a straight white dude, love them, date them. They're great. But I don't think they need me as a coach. You know, mm-hmm. I just, I think it's just, nothing against them. I just think that I can help people that might not have all the advantages in the world Mm -hmm, um, mm -hmm. take get a step ahead. And is there kind of a common theme with like who you're seeing and what you're dealing with? Or, I mean, I know you just said it's a lot of having to do with kind of this next chapter sort of transformation thing, but is there anything else that kind of ties these people together? Totally. Yeah. It's, I was just thinking about that today. Almost everybody wants to make some sort of change in their life, whether it's career or in other areas, right? But what I'm seeing is that it's not that people, you know, people are like, oh, you know, people don't want to make change because change is hard or people stay in their comfort zone. And maybe to some degree that's true. But what I'm seeing is people are having a hard time enacting change because they're just overwhelmed. They just Mm -hmm. don't know what the steps are. That's why actually as a coach, it's great because I can help people map out what are the baby steps to get to where you want to go. But with any change, it's just so funny. It's like, we're ready for it. Let's go. It's just life is busy. I have a lot of friends that have kids or, you know, kids and families and maybe another job that they want to transition out of and they're running households and, you know, they're super busy or even single people like me. It's like very easy to get caught up in the overwhelm Mm -hmm. And not know what steps to take. So that's that's become really clear with almost everyone I work with. And I'm again thrilled to help with that because I can see the path for them, you know, and help help illuminate it. Yeah, I like that. It's sometimes, I mean, just what you said, illuminating, I think is like the operative word because sometimes that's really all it takes, right? It's like somebody shining a light. I was actually it reminds me of this thing that I just read a couple days ago. Um, I actually shared it on my little Tuesday tidbit pod, which it will have aired by the time you and I have this conversation air, but it's the opinion piece called The Essential Skills for Being Human. And he talks about how it's all about like human connection and how, you know, some people are kind of just like here to bring out the best in people and others are not necessarily, you know, skilled at that. It's the, 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 the difference is between diminishers and illuminators. And yeah. And diminisher, I mean, that's tough. That's like a hard, you know, that's a hard thing to be characterized as, but it's the people who essentially take whatever it is that you're putting out there or saying or expressing and make it about them. Um, it's not like there are bad people. They just don't necessarily do anything to kind of lift you up. And then there are the illuminators who 
not even on purpose, but they are the type of people who, when you're in their energy, they're drawing more out of you. They are painting a different picture for you, or they're helping you paint your picture, and they're helping you, that he says, edit your own story. So it's not like... You know, it's you have to read this piece. It's incredible, but it's it's not like you're trying to change somebody or fix them or even therapize them. It's literally like you're showing them something that they already know, but you're turning the lights onto it. Um, I love it. Yeah. I, I love that so much. It, illuminator. That's such a great word. My best friend Julie has a great analogy that's very relevant here, and this is like what I think about with self awareness and for my coaching clients all the time. She says. You can walk into a dark room. You can turn on the light. If you don't like what you see, you can turn off the light, leave the dark room, but you still know it's there. And that's really interesting because that to me is more about self-awareness. And I think um, the diminishers, the deficit there is, I think, self-awareness because Mm -hmm. they're just blah, blah, blahing around the world and not slowing down to listen to somebody else. They're just, and, and, and to your point, it's not a horrible character flaw. It's just some people, many people are just like that, yeah. you know? And I've seen that so often. It actually kind of drives me crazy sometimes, but I also recognize like people can't help it, you yeah. know? But it's nice that I'll speak for both of us to be yeah. an illuminator in this crazy world. I and, know, I know. Well, I can't wait for you to read that piece. Yeah. Um, speaking of interesting reading, Um, I think that we both have some fun stuff to talk about with Gabrielle Stone's book. Um, we, she and I had a chat, uh, that just aired recently about her book, Eat, Pray, Fuck My Life. And I felt like it would be the perfect subject matter for you and I to get into a little bit just because, and it's funny because it was a while ago that I had the conversation with her and then I read the book. But, um, you know, when you and I got back in touch and I said, I wanted to to have one of these chats with you, I was like, this is going to be perfect. I already know. Put me in coach, put me in. Like I, I love this book so much. I, can I just tell you my thoughts on it really quickly? Okay. Um, first of all, I, I I was so interested in it because she wrote, I think I read about her afterwards because I was like, where is this woman now? And I think she lives in LA where I she live. Does. So hopefully one day our paths will cross. But she, um, I think she was in her tw- late 20s when she wrote the book. And oh my God, I was like, any of us, not to sound like an old you know, fart here, but I am in my 40s, you're in your 40s. We can look back 20 years ago and give that girl a hug. You know, mm-hmm. like the, her journey she just, she got love bombed by a dude and she went off on this, this European journey, which was incredible. And she was just working through the stuff. And I just, I bet she reads now and wants to give that version I hope of so. Yeah. I hope so. As opposed and, to wanting to like run in fear and cringe, like you, you gotta give that girl a hug. Yeah, no. And I mean, she should be so proud of, I bet Gabrielle, I think I saw she's writing other books, which I can't wait to, wait to read and watch her evolution. Cause I bet she'd write a different, I think she is married and is had, yeah, she had just a had a baby, baby like yeah, last week. <laughs> that's amazing. And I just, I, I would love to like hear her perspective in her new book on the old version of her, you know, like we just talked about their evolution, baby. That's what it is. Yeah. What was your favorite part? Well, I just think that it was really, I mean, it's funny and it's so kind of body and the, you know, it's written in exactly the way that you and I and other people that we love and respect speak. Uh, so of course I can relate to it there, but I just found that like, it's such an exercise in resilience. Like that was really the main theme and the main takeaway for me. 
And I don't think that I don't think that that's something that is really celebrated enough because I think that we tend to get hung up on the shame around whatever it is that is forcing us to ultimately have to rebound. You know, it's like you don't want to share the thing that made you resilient because that feels icky. But the reality is like we all have a version of a story like that, whether it's in love or in, you know, in work or in some sort of other personal vertical in our lives. We all have something that we've had to bounce back from. And I think that it was just, I love that she kind of just celebrates that like, even but the title, like, eat, pray, fuck my life. Like, I cannot <laughs> believe that this is really me, but here's what I'm going to do. That is the ultimate story of taking, making like the greatest lemonade possible out of an enormous truckload of lemons. I couldn't agree more. And I feel like all of what you just said just shows the importance of storytelling for women. Like we have to share our stories. Back in the 60s, like second wave feminism, not to drop the second wave feminism bomb, but <laughs> you dropped an F bomb. <laughs> yeah, there it is. Eat, pray, F my life. There we go. The women called it consciousness raising, which is like women got together and talked about personal issues and it gave gave those issues significance and ultimately brought them to the forefront of thinking. And that is exactly what you're saying. That's exactly what Gabrielle Stone kind of did with this book in a very Jen would, I guess she would be Gen Z. She's like a little, I don't know, millennial, whatever she is, but just in this cool, authentic way. And the crazy thing is I read, again, I read like an article about her after I read the book or something and she got rejected by all the publishers that she pitched to and who said she was too much. And then she self-published and now she's a fucking best-selling, incredible author, huge influencer, built her own platform. And I'm like, that's it. That, yeah. that talk about resilience, you yes. know? Well, exactly. So that was kind of the, um, cause you haven't heard the episode yet, but we actually talked about that exact thing because mm. not only does she have this incredible story to tell, but even just her journey in getting the story out was riddled with challenges and, you know, lots of closing doors and that it became very meta, right? It became this very, clear exercise in, again, resilience. She self-published the book because she was like, I'm tired of taking no for an answer. I know this is something. And, and you know, lo and behold, right? And she, and the same thing, she, she talked about how during, uh, during COVID, you know, she's got this like incredible project that no one will touch. And she just, she's in lockdown. What else is she going to do? The same thing. We're all left to our own devices and we got to get creative just to stay sane. So she took herself to TikTok and became this like overnight just explosion because she's telling this story. She's telling it so frankly. She's using this medium that, you know, three or four years ago was still relatively sure. you know new. And she just absolutely exploded. And again, it's just, I mean, it's its just very meta. It's like if there is not one way, and we really went kind of down a rabbit hole. And again, it's its something that you'll you'll hear once you, once you listen to the conversation. But there's a lot that we've talked about in terms of, you know, she, she, she says, and I've heard this before actually with a coach that I had calling it placing your order with the universe mm. and talking about how you have to be really, really, really clear and specific on what it is that you want. And there's nothing wrong with wanting things that are absolutely huge and seem impossible. But the idea is you got to be really clear about it, but then you also have to like let go of your attachment to how it's going to play out, right? And I think Mm -hmm. that's where a lot of people get tripped up is 
it's okay to want whatever it is that you want, but you can't get hung up on the how because the how is going to end up very, very different than what you've designed in your head. So you have to just say, this is the what, and at the end of it, I'm going to have it, but I don't know how, and I'm okay with not knowing how. It's going to come, like she says, it's going to come in the back door, right? Like yeah. all of the doors and windows are going to be open, and then it's going to come through the mail entrance. Oh, um, I love that so much. I, I'd add to that because I've been thinking a lot about that lately, that very idea patience, faith. And I've learned even the idea, you know, it's a little woo-woo for me, but divine timing where Mm -hmm. everything happens in the time that it should. Mm -hmm. And kind of what we said before, you're never too late to do something or want something. And I love that too, where it's like, think big. And and this is, it goes right into the diminishers because the diminishers, they're not big thinkers. They're just not. And I really think giving ourselves permission to to really think big and want a lot in this world doesn't mean you're not going to give a lot. It just means that you are going to get a lot and then give a lot, get a lot yes. and give a lot. Right. That's the actual cycle. So yeah. God, I love Good that. Good stuff. I love it. Love it. Yeah. And I agree with you. Like sometimes it, it can sound or feel a little bit woo-woo, but at the same time, what do you have to lose by thinking this way, right? Like Nothing. it doesn't cost you anything to just think differently. And I think it goes back to, you know, if you can't do it for yourself, then you have somebody in your life who can shine that light on you and say, you 100% can do this. You just maybe want to think about it differently or maybe stop telling yourself that you can't do this because the more you tell yourself, the more you'll believe it. For sure. And I'm sitting across from you telling you, I fully believe that you absolutely can do this. No, it's 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 how you talk to yourself in every way. It's really interesting because one of the cons, like what I loved, one very tangible thing about Eat, Pray, Fuck My Life I loved was the thought onion. Mm-hmm. How every time you have- talked it, a lot about that. Yeah. Okay. Okay. So I I learned from that and I've been yeah. ex- like using that. Yeah. And so much of life in and maybe success and getting what you want is how you talk to yourself. I really, I, I believe that. Talk about my coaching clients. I'm like, if I hear one more fucking like, Oh, I don't have the skill set for that. Oh, I can't mm-hmm. do that. No. First of all, no. Just the the best way to do this is this thought onion exercise where it's like, okay, why am I thinking this? And and let's stop thinking this way. Like let's replace that negative self-talk with the word love or something, you know? Right. Well, and explain a little bit more about why it actually is why the onion is the right metaphor for it. Okay, because you start with, you have a thought in typically like a negative or scary or big thought, but not always, but let's, that's for the purposes of the book. I think that's kind of how she did it. And obviously with an onion, onions are multi-layered. So the first part of the thought you analyze, the first layer of the onion is the like superficial thought. Okay, what is this? Why am I really, what's the like baseline of Mm -hmm. why I'm saying this? But then you peel back that layer, you recognize that layer. And you get a little deeper. You're like, okay, what's the next part of this thought? And then finally, you kind of get to the core of the proverbial onion and really get to the heart of the matter of why you said that superficial negative thing to yourself. Um, And I just think it's such a helpful thought exercise. (laughs) And it's like, it's not necessarily something new, but putting it into those terms, I feel like really makes it kind of resonate. And accessible. Like I've heard of cognitive behavioral therapy and stuff. And I think that's sort of similar if I understand it, but 
a thought onion, the way she described it, I'm like, oh, I get this now. Now yeah, I can yeah. actually do this and cool. I don't need to listen to like a YouTube video on it. Copyright, <laughs> copyright thought onion. Yeah. Um, I was just looking when you were, when you were talking, I, I was actually listening and, and looking for something relevant here. Um, it was a post that I saw yesterday or the day before on, on Instagram, um, whoever posted it, well, it was like a repost from uh, a tweet uh, by somebody named Her Career Doctor. And I think it plays in right here. It's so sweet. I sent it to my girlfriend who right now is in the throes of like making a big career change and she's talking herself in and out of a lot of things. Mm. And th this woman like worded it so perfectly. It says, sis, if you can do 100% of the responsibilities on a job posting, you are overqualified. Stop waiting to match a job 110% before you apply. Oh my God, send that to me, please. Right? That, it's like... I said to my girlfriend, she's like, I said, just in case you need to see this. And she said, uh, yes, you know, that's exactly where I'm at. I said, I know. And you need to hear it because this is especially women. I think a lot of people women. do this, but especially women do this. Like, oh, I can't really do that thing if I can't do all the things that you're asking. Like, no. yeah, you can. Yes, you 100% can. Just tell the story. It goes right back to storytelling. Tell a good story around it. Transferable skills. Boom. Done. Like, yes. it, And it's just, it goes back to the idea of like, taking a step forward, just taking the step to apply or to say, I am qualified for this. What I do in these circumstances too, or like anything where I feel, I don't even use the word imposter syndrome because it's like, we don't have a syndrome. We're not sick with this. It's just society <laughs> being like, whatever. Anyway, that's a whole other podcast. But um, when I feel any way, in any way insecure, I just play it out. I'm like, okay, what's the very worst thing that could happen here. Mm -hmm. They don't give me an interview or I don't get the job. Okay, fine. Or, you yeah. know, in any, in any scenario. So yeah. Worst case scenario game is super powerful as is best case scenario, right? Yes. Yeah. Like, okay. All of those things could happen, but you know what else could happen? The complete opposite. A hundred percent. So a hundred percent. This feels powerful. <laughs> We solved all the world's we problems. All the problems of at least half of the population. <laughs> exactly. We're more than half the population now. More than half the population. Is that true? Oof. But we don't have half the power. That's the problem. Yes. That but that's another podcast. That's another podcast altogether. Well, I feel like this is a good place to put like a little pin in it because I think there's a lot of right. good stuff to, you know, digest for, for people here. And hopefully people find it. I'm going to use a little personalized pun, but I hope that people find it uplifting. Oh, I love it. Thank you for tailoring it. Oh, that's so great. <laughs> and I hope we do this again because it's really fun to chit chat about life, love, and the pursuit of happiness, you know? For sure. 100%. It's good stuff. Thank you for your time. Thanks for having me. It's always great to chat with you. Love you, you too. Lot. I know. You too. Mwah. Big one. Mwah. <laughs> Thanks for listening to All Too Well, guys. And as always, I am accepting stars, reviews, all of the above. They don't cost you anything and they mean a lot to me. So if you do have time, head on over to Apple Podcasts and throw me a few stars and, uh, you know, just do a good turn. Thanks. Thanks.